he pitched the idea to me and Andre and we got started working in our dorm room kitchens. We were really unsatisfied with kind of the energy market as it stood. What is good, our futurists? This is your host, Michael Sakan, founder and creator of Our Future. On this podcast, we tell short, exciting stories about this business world and deliver them to young professionals such as yourself. So today's interview is with Bennett Byerly and Andre Montero, two out of the three co-founders of Verb Energy. There's a trio of guys. Only two of them came on the pod, though. As students at Yale University, Andre, Bennett, and Matt Zarnecki were busy college kids and coffee addicts. They were getting the whole Ivy League workload, and they were a little dissatisfied with their options for getting energy. So they decided to put caffeine in an energy bar. They've built a thriving business. Let's dive in. First off, just give me like 30 seconds on each of you guys, like where are you from? And like, where did you go to college to study? Uh, how soon after you graduated did you to begin this business? I'm Bennett, I'm one of the three co-founders. I'm from originally from Chapel Hill, North Carolina, um, then went to Yale where I met up with Matt and Andre, actually the second semester of my first year there. So pretty early on, we've been working together on Verb. Originally went majoring in ethics, politics, and economics, wanting to like go to law school and figure that out. But um, Matt pitched us on the idea um, a second semester of our freshman, my freshman year, their sophomore year. And then we kind of hit the ground running from there. But I'll let Andre introduce yeah. himself. Born and raised in Miami, but my dad is from Brazil. My mom's from Angola. I lived in Libya for a few years and I lived in Portugal as well for a few years. Um, and then also went to Yale, didn't really know what I wanted to study, but eventually found my way into computer science is just something that I had never really explored and I started doing it and I actually fell in love with it and then kind of continued pursuing that. So I was kind of balancing that as well as balancing starting this energy bar company, which at the very beginning were kind of diametrically opposed, but eventually they kind of intertwined a bit, which has been cool. Who had the idea? Was it a shower thought? Was it a, a driving to, to the... To, to class working out at the gym thought like how did this pop into your brain that you put caffeine in an energy bar so you no longer had to have two products like a bar and a coffee you could just put them into one it was exactly like that matt walked out of a coffee shop having paid too much for a coffee and granola bar um, late at night when he was studying for an exam and then that was kind of his epiphany moment um, he pitched the idea to me and Andre and we got started working in our dorm room kitchens, just making all varieties of caffeinated foods and um, trying out all new ways to kind of energize ourselves. We were really unsatisfied with kind of the energy market as it stood, seeing just caffeinated, you know, energy drinks, shots and sodas um, really weren't our forte. We didn't really want to focus purely on coffee. So we wanted to do something that was healthy and delicious and kind of combined that and eventually landed on, on bird bars. Why did you guys want it to be jitter free? Like, tell me about that jitterless stuff. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the science behind it and the reason why we kind of pursued it, I think are two separate things to, to the latter question. I think the reason why we didn't want to be jittery when we had caffeine was because that was kind of the worst part about having caffeine. Um, I, started drinking coffee in college. I'd never really had it before. Became addicted to mochas from the, the coffee shop down the street and very quickly realized that if you have more than two or three in a day, it doesn't usually end well. And that, that usually ends with you feeling kind of like not yourself and not feeling your best. So I think we wanted to see if there was a way to create an energy option that didn't lead you to feel like that. And I think explored a lot of different energy options. And one of the, the ones that we actually settled on was organic green tea caffeine. Green tea has a plant-based amino acid called L-theanine, which keeps your body calm, but it doesn't reduce the alertness that the caffeine gives you. And that, in addition to kind of combining it with 
healthy calories helps to prolong the release of the caffeine as it's absorbed through the body. So instead of getting that spike and crash that you might get with a cup of coffee, you get sort of a more prolonged sustained energy boost. That's really interesting. You guys must have become so versed on like formulas and like dietary nutrition stuff when you're starting this business. Like you just must have educated yourself so much on, on all that. But like, let's think about it. Like the energy sparse bar space is like pretty crowded. Like whether it's nature value, like that Valley or it's, you know, kind bars, which are really good or like good RX. Like we've seen mm-hmm. those companies actually do really, really well recently. And, and as of you guys, but you know, why did you guys think that you could enter this market? I mean, any of those companies could throw caffeine in their bar. Like, why did you feel like you could build a really strong brand to insulate against those competitors? Yeah, great question. I think, first off, we saw ourselves more as an energy brand, not necessarily a bar brand. And I think our competitive set more includes other caffeinated options. And we really saw that people wanted to turn towards a healthy and delicious snack that can make them feel their best every day. And among products that did that, Verb stands out really quite well across a number of factors. We really want to focus on products that taste absolutely amazing first and foremost. So we've really invested on and focused on creating products that taste great for people to enjoy every single day. Then the course, the second key component was having this energy piece that was you know jitter-free energy that was long-lasting, really something that you couldn't get in any other products that were on the market at the time. Along with that, we also built out a really unique customer experience, which is really where Andre's kind of technical skill set fits in. Um, we text with all of our customers as we've reached this kind of significant scale, which enables us to have a radically human interaction with all of our customers. Yeah, so we were able to get real-time feedback, hear how they're enjoying the product, but also, you know, make it for the ultimate or the ultimately the most convenient customer experience possible, as well as allow for dog pictures, gifts, memes, whatever people want to do to add to a really robust customer experience. We're able to make that happen. Is it's also worth acknowledging that even on the product side, it's not just throwing caffeine into an existing product and expecting customers to kind of identify with it. Like there is a cliff bar with caffeine in it, um, but customers don't associate the cliff brand with caffeine so i think there's also the component where you build a brand around this feeling and this emotion i think pulls people in there's so many companies that like their intellectual property is actually in the the special magic formula of their brand like what would you say to startup founders that want to enter a crowded space and they don't have that rock hard ledge of the talking at ledge because i heard cliff bar that rock hard foundation of intellectual property, but like Mm -hmm. they think they can bring a brand to be that defining characteristic. Like I would, I would be a little like, that's what I'm trying to do with our future. Like there's tons of podcasts, but like we are trying to be that brand for the most ambitious young person. Like how can, how can that, how can you make that a defining part of like your pitch to investors? And like, how can you back that up? Absolutely. I actually do think it really locks in with the product. Um, I think an overlooked thing in in the most successful brands, they're all based on an outstanding product that has really, really strong product market fit. And you get to product market fit by listening to your customers with a really open-minded perspective and looking to fill a deep need in their life that they don't currently have strong options for. After you've honed that and figured it out and you create an outstanding product that delivers on that need, it becomes a lot easier to define a brand around that emotional connection and that promise that you're delivering on. And the important key thing is you want a product that actually delivers on your key brand promise. If you promise something that you then can't deliver on, no matter how great of a brand you actually build, 
you won't create a successful business in the long run. And it's like active, like a verb is an, is an action word, right? Like you're doing something and like, I feel like that fits perfectly with your product. You want to take a bite out of this thing and then go do something. That's kind of like why I even see alignment between our future and verb, because we want our listeners to go do something, not just listen and get inspired, but actually go do something after the fact. So I think it's uh, I think it's pretty interesting. So you guys sell, do you guys sell in, in any retail establishments or is it just e-com? We're effectively 100% direct consumer. Um, so you can order on our website, um, verbenergy.co. Uh, you could start with a trial pack or a starter kit. Um, and then after that, most of our customers uh, rely on our text-based subscription service. So they order every single month and they'll receive a text from Verb before their order renews. So they can change it, skip, um, modify flavors, ask to re-up, change addresses, whatever it may be just by responding to us all over text. Wow. So it's all run through text. So in those early days, you guys were just always on your phones responding to customers. Like, was that always your preferred method? Because Gary Vee was all like, he's like, you should manage all your customers via text. Like, is that something you guys were doing from day one? Yeah, we launched the the text commerce platform in 2018 alongside kind of the verb as you see it today. And I think the reason why we initially built that out, even though we didn't have the biggest customer base in the world, was because when we were first in our dorm room, People would just text our personal phone numbers for us to go get them some verb bars. They would text us in the yeah. middle of the night and say, hey, I'm in the library. Can you bring me a box? And we really, really enjoyed that customer experience of, A, being able to <laughs> interact with customers so personally. But actually, the kind of really cool piece of it is that you're able to get this direct line of feedback with every single customer that you have. And we wanted to kind of replicate both of those things at scale. And people said that we couldn't do it. But here we are many years later still doing it. So it's it's definitely been... No, that's so smart. Right. It's like it's like you you guys talk about like wanting to build that brand, but also having the great product. But then you also have that amazing like community feedback system. Like I wish that Spotify told me each unique user ID of each listener I had, so I could reach out to them. And like we're finding creative ways to like collect feedback, but like it's a common theme, and like it's really cool that it's popped up uh, from you guys. Now, a lot of direct-to-consumer brands, they got started in like the early 2010s. Like I've interviewed uh, several founders in DTC, including, uh, you know, the CEO of Spikeball and the CFO of Warby Parker. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, Instagram ads were cheap back then. And like they got a lot of their, their early users based on like social ads, uh, which are very overpriced now due to the saturated market. So like how did you guys like tell people about this product? Like, did you find it like social ads to be too expensive or did you find creative ways to, to, to boost your, your audience and your, your growth? Absolutely. Um, definitely a really key strategic question from early on. And I think what it involves now is a really holistic approach to marketing and really thinking about what each channel kind of represents and how you can perform best across a variety of different channels. We found for us, what works really well is um, first off relying a lot on organic word of mouth growth across the board. So when you know users have a really great experience and they really enjoy your product, them sharing with friends is a great way to initially spread. We've also like focused a lot on influencer marketing. Yes, we've done plenty of paid social marketing, working with online newsletters and a variety of other ways to kind of reach people where they are and engage with their kind of interest groups. Um, we're always looking for new opportunities to do it. And then when it comes down to like actually how you manage and how you grow, it's focused on a really data-driven mindset and perspective of test a wide variety of hypotheses and then double down on the ones that work and pull back on the ones that don't work and then mm. iterate. Yeah. So you're, you're kind of Instagram. So you're at hundred K on Instagram, which is by God, impressive. Uh, but your, your Instagram strat kind of reminds me of Gymshark, which took micro influencers. Like, I feel like that you guys have kind of leaned on like 
not like Kim Kardashian, but like people who have like good followings who like align with your brand. Like tell me a bit about uh, how you grew social so big. Absolutely. I think it's focused on a lot of like creating content that people can get behind and really knowing what your community cares about and trying to um, you know deliver upon that consistently. I don't mean to sound like a broken record, but it really does go back to having a product and a message that people are excited about and that resonates with them. You know, you can only grow so much unless you have something that people are really passionate and excited about. And you can see through our engagement across our social media is people trust us to make products that taste great and products that make them feel great and providing content around that life and that lifestyle. Um, it's a lifestyle consistently. Yeah. And I think the other thing too, is just having this mindset where you're constantly testing new things. I think never being satisfied with what you're posting or with what you're talking about and just testing new things all the time and just seeing what resonates with people and then kind of doubling down on that. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that goes back to, I think it, what Elon Musk said, like you just figure out what works and then you like double down mm -hmm uh you know triple down on that so you guys have a bunch of like interesting cool flavors why don't we just like spout them out right now like just just you go back and forth give me some cool flavors uh sure i mean vanilla latte is definitely my top one but we just recently released a cookie butter flavor um which is a huge mm. hit um it's, it's sold out a couple of times already which has caused some good but tough inventory problems for us to make sure that we're you know delivering on all of that but really really great flavor that's pretty unique in the bar space um i'm personally allergic to peanut butter but i hear that our salted peanut butter flavor is amazing um among people who, yeah. who really enjoy that but yeah strawberry rose hibiscus was one it was a one batch flavor that we did over the summer <laughs> that was part of the proceeds for that went to helping uh, Massachusetts restaurants during COVID that have been kind of hit pretty hard. Uh, Raspberry yeah, was a different flavor from the summer, which is one of my personal favorites. That was done in collaboration with Nick Giovanni, who is the youngest master chef finalist ever and kind of a huge, huge TikTok star right now. Um, so that was super cool to work with him. What I love about subscriptions is like, you're always like within someone's life, like the grocery store and like the energy bar market, like you guys have brought standardization to a product that was very random. Like you get to the gas station, you go and you get an energy bar because like you're hungry. Like you're capturing so many of those those decisions like from just one decision. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so I think it's like a pretty genius play. So why don't you guys just like briefly give like one big learning from your entrepreneurial journey that you share with like a young founder who wants to create something right now? Uh, one thing that I would say to any new founder, two things actually, one is just go test things and like make a product yourself and just try to get in as many people's hands as possible. On the flip side of that is as when you do get something that lands with people and you're starting to work on buildings, just always thinking about the future and making sure that you're setting things up for scale and for kind of the long run. Cause you can as much as possible say that you'll go back and fix something later, but it kind of compounds and becomes much, much harder to do that. So it's just always being mindful of the future is kind of super important. So that's kind of my big piece of advice. I'd say two things. One of them is make things that people want, listen to your customers and make exactly what they'd like and keep them first and foremost. That's why you exist. And then the second big piece for starting any venture, and I don't mean to sound cheesy, but like really think a lot about who you surround yourself with because like that co-founding team and that team that you build around yourself, like fill it with diverse perspectives, diverse backgrounds, and be really excited about the, the people that you get to work with. And that will make the journey that much better uh, on into the future. Ladies and gentlemen, 
That was Andre Montero and Bennett Byerly, the co-founders of Verb Energy, sharing how they built a thriving CPG subscription company, putting caffeine into energy bars and building an exceptional product and brand. Getting ratings on Apple Podcasts, getting reviews on that app has been the way the biggest shows have scaled. Leaving me review on Apple Podcasts takes less than 30 seconds, and I'm extremely thankful for every single one. I'm currently at 60 ratings, and I want to be at 100 by March. So help me lead the charge in making this thing huge. If you've already been so gracious as to leave me a review, sharing our future on your Instagram story is another awesome way to drum up some buzz and bang that barrel. Okay, thanks for listening in. It was an awesome story, and I ask you again to please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. And ask a friend, A-Y-P-O-F, are you part of our future? If they say no, they're getting left behind. You wouldn't want them to get left behind. So make sure they're part of our future. All right, stay frosty, everybody. Peace.